New is always better, and 2018 has a lot of new. Today on Writers Get Animated, new stuff. Stay tuned. Hey, and welcome to Writers Get Animated, a podcast about animation, storytelling, and so much animation. Just animation everywhere. So much animation. I'm Chris Leva. And I'm Mackenzie Worrell. And today we are talking about all the new animated shows that came out in 2018. Yeah. Yeah. I don't so, know if we're, are we getting better at this and we just know more animated shows coming out or were there just a lot this year? That I don't know. I, f- I feel like it could be, <laughs> it's one of the two. I, I feel like there are more shows that everyone has access to. I, I think that's part of it. It's it, They're just not randomly showing up on network TV. They're everywhere that people can actually see them on their own time. Yeah. Now that you've said this, I'm thinking like, yeah, there's like this big glut of like Netflix stuff and things that Netflix bought from other countries to put on Netflix here. And then the networks have fewer animated shows, but they seem to be higher quality. Yeah, I I think that's it. (laughs) And there are just so many. I can't believe how many there are. And we won't talk in great depth about all of them because... Um, we don't have, uh, seven or eight hours to do so. Uh, we just want to provide an opportunity to let everyone know what's out there, what they've heard of and are wondering, Hmm, is it worth my time or, uh, something new that they didn't realize was out there and now they can rush out and binge it. That's, that's our job. This is our, our service to you, our listeners. And just because we watched 11 minutes of something and we weren't wowed by it doesn't mean you won't like it if you watch more of it than we did. So please tell us what you love as well. Convince us to come back and revisit something. Absolutely. <laughs> so um, first, let's let's start a little bit about the shows that we were watching last year. Because I, I love doing this because we go through this same thing every year where we look at all the new shows and then we see what stuck with us and what we're sticking with. So Mackenzie, what are you still watching from last year? Man, um, of what's new last year, I'm still watching DuckTales. Just watched DuckTales this morning. Like it's every Saturday morning. It's a tradition now. Me too. I'm just so glad Saturday morning DuckTales is a thing. <laughs> Um, I'm still watching the Star Wars Forces of Destiny shorts, which mm. are, they go on YouTube and then they're on Disney. Yeah, they, they usually end up going onto the Disney Now app as a compilation, which is when I watch it with Jack. There I watch go. it by myself on YouTube and then we'll watch the compilation together. And, uh, I'm trying to think what else was new last year. Um... Unikitty is not something that I like watch religiously, but I still am like, I want to watch something. Mm, oh, look, a Unikitty. And I'll put that on. <laughs> um, we're still watching. Was Storybots new last year? Or was it new 2016? I can't remember when exactly it started. Because they're Either only way, on season two. 
it still counts. Like, and they're so good. Yeah, Jack is wholly into story bots. I just watched the Kristen Shaw one from season two. Oh yeah, the so many animals. Oh, so many animals. <laughs> um, and we're still watching Vampirina. So mm. that, that's still that's still on our playlist at home. I need to watch more Vampirina. I don't have a, like a a child to watch it with though. I could go kidnap a child, but I don't think Christine would approve. <laughs> she probably would not approve of that. I'll just like hand out like a watch Vampirina, like go on the street, like watch this. I'll watch separately in my house and just pretend that you're all. That's still creepy. Yeah, we'll find a way for you to figure this out. I could just watch it on my own. <laughs> you could. Nope. Nope. Not going there. So. <laughs> Those are some of the things that we're still watching, still visiting, and um, still enjoying from last year. And I think there's still some from the year before that we're still loving and toying with. So let's see what we have this year and see if there are anything that we love. Do, do, do. I wish we had more sound effects. We could like do like a countdown, like a countdown timer. Do. Boonk, boonk, boonk. Like the, uh... Anyway, let's get moving. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff for young audiences. Yes. Um, I know we don't hit this much, um, but we tried to do some research and find out some stuff that was happening for young audiences this year. Yes. Um, the, the first one is Muppet Babies. And I'm sure that a lot of people know that Muppet Babies is new once again. Um, and released for young audiences on Disney Junior. Disney's made very clear to everybody that it's here. So <laughs> I don't I don't think that a lot of people have missed that. One, I'm glad that the, something Muppets is still existing in the world. I feel like there must be something Muppets at all times. Happy about that. I agree. Two, it does feel like it's aimed... I feel like the 80s one was like in all audiences thing. And this one's definitely a little bit more younger. I would totally agree. In our last episode, not our last episode, but in an episode previously on writers get animated, where we discussed Muppet babies, um, we asked if it still held up from the eighties and it still did because it's a little bit more universal and skews a little bit older, but this one definitely does skew younger. I would say if you're older than eight, it might be starting to feel a little bit young for you. I mean, there are some times where it loses me personally, but it's still super fun. And I have no problem with, you know, my six-year-old watching it who yep. loves it. It gets the core of the characters and just, like sometimes with younger audience shows, I feel like things get a little repetitive with character just to like reinforce to the young kids who necessarily aren't watching in order. Like this is who this character is. Mm -hmm. That's just the trope that I think like young audience shows fall into. And it feels like for me, Piggy does that a lot, especially like here's the Piggy being selfish one liner of the episode. Right. Yeah. It it, it does. Um, however, that happens in any Muppet movie too. So yeah, totally. And <laughs> so the scale they, is skewed because it's a movie versus like a 20 minute episode. 
or two 10 minute episodes, which is how it is too. So it's also the structure of it is also changed. So two 10 minute versus one 20 minute episode. And I think for the concept of Muppet babies, where you have preschool aged versions of the ba- of the Muppets, um, 10 minutes is perfect. 10 minutes yeah. is great. You get them in just enough trouble and then it goes from there. Um, I do enjoy that they bring in different animated animation styles when they go into their fantasies. Um, I do like that in the first episode, they had a live action film behind them of the Raiders of the Lost Ark rock rolling after them. So it, it tries to elicit the same understanding from the original, but still be something that's totally fresh and new. I also do appreciate that there's not a romance thing trying to happen between Miss Piggy and Kermit. That's, I appreciate that so very much. See, from what I saw, it felt like there was still a little bit going on there. There's a little bit. It's not like it's, overt. Yeah, there was one of the points where I, I noticed there was this episode where um, Miss Piggy is the queen of this kingdom and she's putting on a stage play and she wants you know, she's basically doing Romeo and Juliet and she gets Fozzie to play the romantic lead with her. And I was like, Oh, that's great. She's like, where are you Fozzie? he's like, I'm right here. (laughs) In Waka Waka in great Fozzie fashion. But the nice thing was that it it wasn't about like, come here, Kermy, we're going to turn this into this loving thing. And it's going to be this romance thing. It was just, no, we're putting it on a place. And you know, who wants to do it? And Fozzie's like, I'll do it. And then she's like, great. It, it doesn't, it's a bunch of friends playing together. Stamp of approval. Stamp. <laughs> uh, so tell me about, did you watch anything else like geared towards young audiences? Um, I did watch Llama Llama on Netflix. Um, that is... I'm trying to think. Um, Jack enjoys that one. He he can binge a few llama llamas. Um, he could probably watch more if I let him. <laughs> <laughs> he he enjoys llama llama. It's it's really sweet natured. It's really close to the books. Um, has a nice illustrated look. It's it's really cute. Um, yeah, it reminded me a lot of Arthur. Yeah, thank you. It's like there's something about this that feels very familiar. But yeah, Arthur. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one that Jack is wholly on board with, he he doesn't miss an episode, is Pinkalicious and Peterific. Like I that, have no idea what this is. What is this? That is his jam, man. <laughs> like he he comes home. I think they watched an episode at kindergarten, and suddenly that was everything that he cared about. Um, took it just wholesale. Pinkalicious is about a girl named Pinkalicious. Um, who lives in a city called Pinkville, and she has these fantastical adventures, but some of them seem like they're fantasy, and some of them may not be fantasy. It's a little confusing, but she loves the color pink, um, and she enjoys just imagining things, and her family's really nice. Um, It's cool to see you know, it, it reminds me a little bit of Doc McStuffins where you have 
a capable mom and a capable dad who aren't these other sitcom tropes of parents. They're just like really kind parents and they just support their children. Well, nice, especially children who are kind of strange and marching to the beat of their own drums, which is partly, I think why Jack likes it. (laughs) It's like a autobiography of Jack. Yeah. It's like, just, just be okay. And imagine what you want to imagine and just love what you love and it'll be great. So, They'll do things that are as simple as her family takes over Mr. Swizzle's ice cream shop and they have to learn how to make a swizzle sundae. And she has to get in the groove of the scoops and the swizzle stuff and the chocolate sauce and try to make it right. And then she gets distracted and doesn't do it as well. All the way to these pea pods that have fairies in them. (laughs) <laughs> that like <laughs> that essentially give birth to these fairies and one fairy does is afraid to fly and they help the fairy learn how to fly. I feel like the more you tell me about the show, the less I understand. <laughs> I I feel like it's designed that way. It's like, you know, if you if you're bought in for the ice cream thing, now we're gonna do an episode where she imagines um a unicorn who's around. Um, and it's really um, ambiguous whether this unicorn is real or imagined, because she says not everyone can see the unicorn, but then some of her friends see the unicorn, and it does seem like the unicorn does have an effect on the real world, and we don't know if it's just this shared hallucination or if it's actual (laughs) unicorn that's invisible that you can only see if you believe in it. I'm so confused by it. I'm going to go with the latter. <laughs> Just taking a guess. So Jack loves it. Um, I think it's um, harmless and sweet <laughs> and nice. Um, I'm going to keep watching it because Jack watches it. Um, and I like to be present when he's watching TV. So mm-hmm. not saying I won't go and, you know, load the dishwasher while it starts. Um, but I will, I will be present for it and I I don't mind, I don't mind watching it. Yeah. It's not just a screen babysitter. It's like you're here with Jack. Exactly. We experience it together as, as a family. (laughs) Um, did you catch any of Esme and Roy? No, you said you did not watch this. I I did not watch a whole episode. I do not have HBO. Mm. So that that's one thing. So Muppet Babies is on Disney junior in the disney now app llama llama's on netflix pinkalicious is on pbs kids and esme and roy is on hbo Um, which i know sounds like a weird fit but because hbo is sesame street this is a sesame street show right i did watch connection for listeners (laughs) i did watch some of the songs so i couldn't watch a whole episode to see what it was like but i did watch a lot of the songs that they have on youtube and it seems like a fun show um yeah kids emotions and things did you get to watch it yeah i watched one episode i think it is it's very charming um what i appreciate about it is it's like a show geared toward young kids that's about kids older than they are Hmm. so it's kind of like about the essentially esme is this little girl and roy is like a monster sesame street character and they have like a monster babysitting service so it's about the babysitters as they go meet the various monsters that they take care of hmm 
It's very charming, super cute. It's very like Sesame Street in style and animation, and it broadens the the world building of Sesame Street. <laughs> so if I had a child, yes, Esme and Roy. Okay. But I don't have a child, so I was charmed by the one I saw. <laughs> Jack really enjoyed the songs, like I said, but they were the songs that essentially wrapped up the story. Yeah. So you didn't get to see any of the part leading up to the wrap up. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's move on to our bread and butter. The all ages, like anyone can watch this adults and younger. Yes. Now, a couple and of these we've already talked about, so I don't want to hit them too hard today, but like Star Wars resistance, obviously we just talked about, um, Harvey street kids. We've talked about, both these are recommendations from Raiders Get Animated. Stamp. We're... Boom. That's not I a guess we need a sound effect. Yeah. Or Nigel will just leave in the stamp sound. Boom. <laughs> Maybe he could just take that and then just put it places. <laughs> uh, sample it. Is that is that the right term? <laughs> Let's have a remix of Raiders Get Animated. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> so those two get the stamp. Boom. <laughs> so moving on there were a lot of interesting things happening this year the all ages category and a lot of shows yes um chris what's one thing that you loved that you saw here looking at through this list i would say the number one thing out of this whole list that i loved was hilda oh my Netflix. god it's so good i've only <laughs> I've only seen two episodes, but I'm so into it. Um, I'm I love its world. I love its characters. I love how everything is just matter of fact. I love the way it tells stories. I love its music. I love its graphical design. I love the way that it does sunsets in straight lines across the back, but it's perfect gradient. Uh, I just the style. It's just. Oh. Yeah, I don't really I, know how to describe it. It's like such a unique thing. It, it's like it, Scandinavian Steven Universe uh, for people who look at like graphic design of travel posters online. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I know Steven Universe was um, in there as one of the things that it just reminds me of. I think it's the roundness of the characters and just how sweet they feel. Mm -hmm. Like even the scary things are a little bit softer and rounder, almost like Chris Sanders would have designed it, you know, Lilo and Stitch is just rounded edges. Um, I knew it was special when we're watching the first episode and there's this troll and I'm just waiting for Jack to run away from it. And Jack just kept watching. And yes. Yeah, I was like, oh, it didn't freak him out. <laughs> Thank goodness it didn't freak out my son. Um, because I had I'd watched it the first episode before, and then we sat down together as a family. Because with animation, I try to sample it first to see what is in here and is this stuff that I would like my child to see or emulate. And so it's like, yeah, we're watching this. We're watching this together. Yeah. Um, and I knew it had him when he said, 
Um, I said, should we watch something as a family? He said, can we watch another Hilda? Like, oh, yeah, yes, we can. (laughs) We'll watch all the Hilda. Exactly. I I just want to be, I wanted to be Hilda when I was younger. I want to go back in time and be Hilda. Mm. I, I just so appreciate the, the magic of the moment. The, the idea that it's absurd in some ways. Um, for example, we find out about the contracts that have to be signed so you can see the small folk. But the fact that then you see this magical representation of all these little houses everywhere that she couldn't see before. It's just so fun. It's, it's like, so, oh. yeah. It's like sensically whimsical is how I describe it. Mm. It's. Yes, it's got a lot of fantasy elements. It's got trolls and the small folk and giants and all kinds of crazy stuff happens. Um, but all of the fantasy elements are also like very human in their emotions and wants and needs. Mm. So it's not just like a monster of the week. It's like a, a human of the week show. <laughs> it's uh, what's a good example. Um, yeah, like the. Uh, yeah, the elves, like you said, with all their paperwork and just, it's all bureaucracy. They, Hilda goes to, like, talk up to, like, the one guy and then the mayor and then the regional governor and then the prime minister and then the king of the elves, like, all trying to get them to do stuff. And they're all like, my hands are tied with the re-election. Popular opinion is against you. <laughs> it just, I enjoyed that it didn't need to give us long explanations of things that it just let things be. Um, I especially think of the woodman who is Jack's favorite character, (laughs) which makes perfect sense. He's just the most absurd character. Um, But Jack would lay down on the floor just like he did and pretend to be the woodman on the floor. But you don't need any more explanation from from the show. It's just this is what it is, and this is what this character does. So, yeah, yeah, it, it's just so great. I'm all for it. I can't wait for more. Have you read the graphic novel that it's based on? I have not. I haven't either. I'm considering picking it up, but I don't want to like get too far ahead. <laughs> Maybe whenever Hilda the show is done, I'll go back and read the novel. Yeah, I feel like I don't... It's not that I don't need to read the novel. I just feel like I'm, I'm just enjoying this representation. Mm-hmm. And the storytelling is just so nice. Yeah. So one other thing that I love that came out around the same time, so it's really hard for me to juggle Hilda and this other thing. Um, the Dragon Prince on Netflix... It's definitely geared a little bit older. It's like an action adventure show. It's from a lot of the folks who worked on Avatar and Legend of Korra. Mm -hmm. But it's like a new show and its own new thing. And it doesn't quite have that same feeling fully, but I could see some of that influence now that you've said that. Yeah, it's totally exactly that. The characters are... I don't even know how I feel. There's so many wonderful characters. I'm not convinced the bad guy's the bad guy yet. Um... And it's a very unique 
animation style, which I think rubs some people the wrong way, but I think is really interesting to look at. It's like 2D animation, but it's projection mapped onto 3D models. Ooh. So everyone moves around like it's a computer animated thing, but they have like traditionally animated facial expressions. It's kind of like, it's hard to wrap your brain around the first time you see it. It is. Um, thank you for describing that. I was trying to figure out why my brain was having a hard time with it. <laughs> it's like, what is, what is happening and why am I having a hard time with this? Yeah. It's like every, the actual models move smoothly because it's computer animated. And then the traditional animated actual animation of the characters themselves, like still move at a slower pace than the models do. Cause it's, you're only going to draw so many frames. Mm-hmm. But I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I just think it's really interesting to look at. It is. Um, again, I, I was trying to figure out what the disconnect was in my brain. And I thank you for telling me. Da-da. I feel like I can, I feel like I could go into the second episode feeling it, not having that brain fight anymore <laughs> and can just uh, follow the story a little bit more. It's another, like, charmingly funny. It's very much the style of humor of Avatar. Um, And the characters are very diverse as well. One of the, not main characters, but a recurring character that's introduced a couple episodes in is uh, their aunt, who's like a war general. um, And she's mute, so she only speaks in sign language. Hmm. And she has an assistant that, like, translates everything for her. It's just hmm. completely like not a, it's not addressed. It's like, cool, this is the ant. This is how she talks. But it's not anything that's put out there or explained. It's just. Yeah. I think that's one thing that I've noticed a lot more. And the, the shows that I'm enjoying most are ones that are matter of fact about their worlds. Yeah. They don't have to make it make sense in our world. It makes sense in the world they've created. And they're just saying this is the way it is and this is how this functions Mm -hmm. it's here's a fantasy world with dragons and magic and in this fantasy world of dragons and magic we're imagining that it doesn't have all the uh racist and sexist complications that our own real world is burdened with (laughs) and there's where the real fantasy is i know which is sad but i also really appreciated the show i like the show because it's not burdened with that (laughs) looking at you game of thrones oh oh it does feel a little bit um it it does feel like it is in a post game of thrones world like you can't see i feel like game of thrones has ruined a lot of things that are fantasy and dragons and things like that because you are putting it up against game of thrones in a sense there's Mm -hmm. it's hard not to say oh a dragon and then think of khaleesi and you know daenerys you're just you're just there so Uh, it's it's, it's uh, hard khaleesi is like hang on what am i thinking of khaleesi is the the current man's version of the twinkly vampires from twilight from a decade ago Does that sound right? It feels right. It it does feel right. Whatever's face. Edward? Yeah. I think that was his name. I didn't read Twilight or see movies clearly. But yeah, Edward. 
everything vampire for the next few years was all Edward knockoff. And I feel like everything dragon right now is all Khaleesi knockoff. Yeah. So we, we have a lot to look forward to, but I feel like it, <laughs> it doesn't, it, re- it recognizes that that's out there, but it doesn't, it, it allows itself to be different. Yeah. It's still wholly like its own thing with humor and personality and different magical rules. And character. And character. Ooh. We're really coming for Game of Thrones in this one. I'm not saying I don't watch Game of Thrones. I'm just saying uh, that Dragon Prince has characters in it. Um, (laughs) That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, What's something else that you loved? I'm not sure why I loved it. um, But uh, Cupcake and Dino. General Services, which is also on Netflix. Tell me more, because I did n- not understand the love of this. I I don't understand it either, um, because when I started it and watched the theme song, I was totally ready and buckled in to not enjoy myself. And it, it felt a little bit like Pickle and Peanut. Yeah. Of, we're just being absurd to be absurd kind of feeling. And you can listen to our old episode on <laughs> pickle and peanut and have that kind of fun. But I feel like as soon as it started and it was going rapid fire with some of the absurdist jokes, my wife was laughing uncontrollably throughout the whole thing. So I don't know if I was entertained by how entertained she was. Or if I was entertained by the show itself. <laughs> but it, yeah, I like that you said pickle and peanut. Cause yes, it's definitely, it's in that vein. I was thinking it's kind of like, okay, KO, mm, but like yeah. with more of a story focus, it's like the, the plots are out of Futurama, but the characters are out of pickle and peanut. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very situational plot. Um, I do, I did appreciate that the, the plots are not just random, like they are built and they're going somewhere and they end up, they end up in an end that makes logical sense, um, for their world. Yeah. I was going to (laughs) say the one I watched had a house walking around and becoming friends with different people. So, oh, that, that one was, that was funny. (laughs) Um, it, it it's just I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of the the best way to explain it it makes the plots make perfect dramaturgical story sense with the characters and i feel like the comedy is coming out of the characters and not just being weird for the sake of showing a weird image it's weird um there's in one of the episodes they try to get into this um, manly club. Sounds right. They, um, you have to have a mustache. So they get buy stuff to grow facial hair and cupcake starts growing facial hair and challenges the guy in charge to a duel. And so he, um, they tie their mustaches to this horse and the horse like runs and pulls off the other guy's mustache. So cupcake, becomes in charge 
and he just eats more and more of this stuff to make his mustache grow bigger and the mustache like rips off his face and turns into the sentient being and then they have to learn how to dance and stop the mustache monster now, i was on board until the dancing part oh i no, forgot I, don't know. I forgot that that was an earlier part that cupcake didn't want them to see him dance because he wanted to prove himself to be manly it sounds like this is an anti-toxic masculinity message but i'm not 100 percent sure it feels like it should have been a little bit more okay it kind of sounds like the um when the powerpuff girls reboot one of their first episodes they have like fight i forget what the character's name is but it's like essentially a an evil manly man mm. and i'm into like this vein of thought cartoons these days like yes teach the kids to not fall into masculinity traps yeah it it was it was fun so if you like absurdity but not just weird for the sake of being weird i feel like it's it's a good in between here's some absurdity but it makes perfect sense in the world they've created as opposed to pickle and peanut which is here's just some more weird stuff also here's some other weird stuff like pickles and peanuts together yeah, I mean, it is a cupcake and a dinosaur who are brothers, so. I thought they were metaphorical brothers. Because isn't their dad like a cash register or something? Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't be 100% on that. <laughs> okay, so while we're on a Netflix roll, let's also talk about a trifecta of things that are uh, movies we may or may not have talked about from DreamWorks in the past year and a half. DreamWorks. DreamWorks. Um, I don't know where that came from. Uh, so there's shows based on these movies on Netflix now that have only been out like for a year and Trolls is on season four. Um, so <laughs> Trolls, the beat goes on, the epic tales of Captain Underpants and the Boss Baby, colon, back in business. And you can go back to listen to our episode on the Boss Baby and our episode on Captain Underpants, the films. We have a lot of old episodes we're talking about today. Yeah. Prerequisites. Well <laughs> Um, so did you watch any or all three of these? I watched all three of them. Mm -hmm. Um, my, I was going to skip boss baby, but I watched it. Um, yeah, I watched all three of them. <laughs> and, uh, how about this? If you forget that they were movies before, they're a lot more enjoyable. I think that Captain Underpants works better here as a TV show than it did as a film. I would agree. It feels very much like a TV show premise. Mm -hmm. And they kept a lot of the style things that they were playing with in the film, but I think it just worked better. I think the timing and the joke could sustain itself for 20 minutes as opposed to, you know, 70 or 80. Yeah. Completely agree. The rhythm is really interesting in the show. Um, they could save a lot of money by saying at the end of each show, we ran out of budget for the fight scene, so here's a flip page book. Mm -hmm. Which they did in the movie, too. So, like, I'm not mad. It's not like a new thing. Right. It's just it's just fun. Yeah. I, I did enjoy the fun. Um, Boss Baby. 
I really, you know what? I, I know we've previously talked about Boss Baby. We defended it as being a much better than expected movie. Yes. I do honestly like Boss Baby. I will go see Boss Baby 2. I'm interested to see how Boss Baby back in business and Boss Baby 2 interact in the world building of the Boss Baby. Uh, they won't. They won't. Like they Aladdin. can't. They can't. They can't. Um, the show, I feel like, is a... Listen, folks, we talk about DreamWorks TV a lot, how much they're killing it with Netflix right now, how great everything they do is. Boss may be back in business. Um, maybe not in the, the pantheon of DreamWorks TV shows. I feel like with the Boss Baby, they were not expecting the Boss Baby to do as well as it did. <laughs> and then they're like, well, we have to capitalize on that. And so they made a show which negates the ending of the film which is fine they people do that all the time like yeah. i don't care whether it negates the film i feel like it's better if it does otherwise there wouldn't be a show um it just there's nothing new to do with those characters and so it's like are there going to be 50 60 episodes of this like that's what this is going to be is back to the first act of the film like, that's, that's what we're going to get over and over. Yeah. And unlike Captain Underpants, they don't keep any of the stylistic choices or things that made Boss Baby really interesting as a movie. Right. It's just like a setup, like, here's 20 minutes of this adventure of a baby in a t business suit, which they start acknowledging in the TV show. The grandma comes to visit the season two premiere. And it's just like, oh, why is he wearing a business suit? And the parents are like, oh, he cries if we take it off. What? Now you're trying to make sense of the Boss Baby world? Like, no, just let it be nonsense. That's what we like about Boss Baby. Right. It doesn't have to make sense. Don't explain it. Yeah. Now, a movie that we did pass up and haven't talked about, and I still haven't seen, um, but watched the show of Trolls, the beat goes on. And again, still not quite sure how it's on season four. <laughs> I think it I, came out this year. I feel like it did, but... I, when I opened it up, I was, season four? <laughs> and we're doing it on this episode where we review the shows from this year, and it's on season four? Are they doing a season every two months? They, I might be like Netflixing where it's like six episodes at a time. I don't know. I didn't check. <laughs> um, but you know what? Not knowing anything about the movie. Did I see the movie? No, I watched the Smurfs movie. The confusing Smurfs and Trolls now. Um, haven't seen the Trolls movie. Or did I? I don't remember. Anyway, um, I expected uh, this to be just a TV show capitalizing on the movie uh, with bad knockoff versions of everything that made the movie fun that I haven't seen. And the music, which they sing at least one song every episode, does not suck. It's actually pretty good. <laughs> I I was not annoyed yeah. by the show. Which I was totally expecting to be annoyed. I turned it on and, you know, steeled myself ready for annoying comedy. And yeah, there was a little bit uh, much about, you know, glitter shooting out of trolls butts. Um, yeah. But it's a kid's show. It, I feel like it wants to be a kid's show more than it really is. It's like, here, we'll give the kids a laugh, but they can't think of any other laugh than the glitter butt thing. It felt a lot like 
I mean, having skipped straight to season four, um, it felt a lot like My Little Pony. Oh, the, yeah, the yeah. new version of that. It's like the fun, whimsical, like traditional, like 80s, 90s, like girl toy thing that they're now doing world building to make it like this TV show that's enjoyable for all. And like the. I think the season four premiere in, introduces like one of them is an imposter from like this evil troll group thing. Hmm. And they're going to win him over by being his best friend. It's a very like My Little Pony premise. Which is not a criticism. It's like, oh, this is interesting and not what I expected. In the in the very first episode, they recap the film in a scrapbook style. <laughs> so like, here's this. And I'm like, that's strange. Um, and he's like, yes, I was there. That was me. And he like points in the scrapbook to like, that was me. She's like, I know. I just love scrapbook time. Like, <laughs> So I... I Right away, I was laughing at it because I was like, oh, I see. They're recapping the movie to let us know where we are. Um, and then after watching one episode, I, I watched the opening of Trolls. And that's how it starts. It starts with the scrapbook of the past. So I was like, oh, okay. I see how this is working. Um, but I, I enjoyed myself. Um, yeah. I thought it was really fun. I thought it was really funny. I don't know what more it could do to keep me watching but mm -hmm. i i didn't in i didn't dislike what i watched but i feel like i've seen enough yeah does that make sense you're like you're satisfied you don't hate it it's just like cool i understand what this is doing and i like it over there yes it's not my jam personally but i know that a lot of people would enjoy it and it's really well done um I feel like it's it's broken up into two episodes at a time. Yeah, Is that it, sounds right. Yeah, it's like 10-minute episodes. So the one that I watched had, you know, starting the world over and teaching us how the world works. And then there was another one about a drought. And, oh gosh, I can't re remember the character's name. Branch? That sounds right. Um, he befriends a cloud that to make it rain. Um, cloud guy is like... Just this really annoying character that everyone, you know, says that he's annoying. But you can't have like, one of those in shows now. It's like, okay, so that's absurd and that's silly and fine. I'm cool. And I I didn't dislike it. I thought it was fun. Stamp so, approval. Boom. Oh, um, also Captain Underpants, fun for kids, um, really fun stylistically. I, I would watch another one. Yeah. Bonk. Bonk. Boss baby. I think I'm good. I think I'm good. I don't, I withhold my stamp. I don't know how you feel. I neither stamp it for good nor evil. All right. It's a neutral stamp. I will rest my stamp down and say it's out there. Yeah. If you have a uh, younger child who enjoyed the Boss Baby movie, they'll probably like this show. Mm -hmm. If you as an adult enjoyed the Boss Baby, you probably won't like this show. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so the other thing that I do really want to talk about um, is from Nickelodeon, of all places. Oh, my. Nickelodeon makes cartoons now? I don't think they do every year. Um, they just make SpongeBob <laughs> and The Loud House and some other stuff. Um, Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. 
which I was vaguely aware was happening as a show. Um, but there have been so many Ninja Turtles in the past, like, 15 years. It's hard mm-hmm. to keep track. Um, we were talking before recording. We feel like the early 2000s Nickelodeon reboot. So the second Turtles animated show of all time, I think. Yes. It's 80s, 90s. Then there was a the live action 90s one. We don't talk about it. And then the early 2000s Nickelodeon reboot. That is the definitive Turtles show. Mm-hmm. One of the few good shows of the early 2000s, animation-wise. Yeah. And then there have been, like, I don't know how many reboots since then. It's just, it's really hard. I think there have been three. Yeah. I think this is the third of them. There was that 20, and then there was the one where they, it was, like, they went CGI. Yeah. These all ring bells. And then they're, now they're 2D again. I and feel so like there be- were two in there. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, there's so many. Because there have been so many, this is something that, like, while I was aware of, I was like, oh, I'm not going to watch that. And then I watched the first episode for this uh, recording, and you know what? I'm not prepared to say if it was good or bad, but it's a really original take. Yes. Which I really appreciate. Everything is different. Everything. Everything. In many um, good ways. From from the very opening theme song, which goes back to the 90s show, um, in terms of um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Heroes in a Half Shell kind of thing, they they went back to the that one, they remixed it, added different lyrics, you know, gave it, um, made it faster so you can't understand what they're saying or which character they're speaking about to get it done in 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um so it's different. It's different, and then um, character design. Um, so good, so good. You think so? Yeah, I am. Go- I'm going with. I'm giving the dunk so good character design because everything is intentionally designed to be different. And again, I think a lot of it is different for the sake of different. But because everything is different for the sake of different, it works for me. Hmm. Everything you think about these characters, it's different. The, I enjoyed that they took the DuckTales 2017 approach to these characters, which is let's give them enough differences visually more than their color mm-hmm. to differentiate them. They're different uh, species of turtles now. Yeah. Which is lovely. I can't name them all, but they are different. <laughs> um. The one thing that I have a hard time with, and it's really silly, like I I can get behind the way they look, um, their relative sizes and everything, because that's all character-based. It's great. Do they all have tattoos? Like, what's going on with their colors? Is that turtle color? I I think they're just turtle colors, yeah. Because I think one of them is at least like the box turtle with the weird stripes. Yeah. Michelangelo, maybe. I think so. I think they're turtles. Okay, Leonardo has some pink on his face and some other stuff going on. It's like, what's what's going on? What's what's happening? But, and it drops you in medias res. Yeah. So like all the characters already established, just like cool. Assume run with it. Um, I watched a couple of other. I didn't watch the first one because it was only in Spanish on the app for some reason for me. <laughs> not, not that I didn't 
you know, mind hearing about ninja tortugas and things like that. Which ninja tortugas? They call yeah. They ninja? said ninja tortugas. I was like, would it be okay. like tortugas de ninja? I don't know. Uh, anyway, um, so I skipped that one and went right to another one where they were in a grocery store, Leonardo and Michelangelo and April, um, dealing with this stock boy who saw ghosts on his YouTube channel and was trying to show people and get money from YouTube essentially by showing these ghosts. Um, it turned out to be Baxter's stock boy. Uh... Because he's a young kid instead of a man. So he's Baxter Stock Boy. Like, okay, fair play. I guess that's cute. It's like, well Dunk. done. <laughs> it's like, that's fine. See, again, it's everything. It's like, cool. How do we make this different? Baxter Stock Man. Let's make him Baxter Stock Boy. Yeah. So it was funny. I, I, I kind of giggled. I knew the joke was coming because I was like, that looks like a kid version of Baxter Stockman. Ta-da. Guess what? <laughs> and they keep calling him the stock boy. I feel like that's very deliberate. Yeah. So. It, it's very tongue-in-cheek, and I do feel like what's jarring at first is, like, they're not the characters you expect them to be, but I think that gives them room to grow in the show, as a show needs to do. Hmm. It's like, clearly, Leonardo doesn't like being in charge and isn't good at it but the other characters default to him being in charge i mean when you get um what's his last name is it short ben schwartz when you get ben schwartz yeah um who is john ralphio and parks and rec and dewey and dewey i know it's like so dewey leonardo uh. get, a, get the blue character um <laughs> which I think is a thing on his Twitter feed. He's like, I want to play Sonic the Hedgehog now. Um, <laughs> oh my, is he playing Sonic in the movie? I don't know. That would be great oh if he is. He should be Sonic. That's perfect. <laughs> so um, when you choose that as your leader, as you know, Leonardo, you're making a statement that, um, in the words of Luke Skywalker, this is not going to end how you think. <laughs> it's, just, it's just different expectations for it. Yeah. Right away. All the other characters are great. I did see one, and I think you would enjoy it. Um, I don't know if you watched it. It's Mrs. Cuddles. <laughs> it sounds like something I'd love already. Yeah. I'm on board. Go, go, go watch that one. I think you will enjoy yourself very, very much. Man, I'm probably going to keep watching this. I'm at least going to like keep going until like I can wrap my brain around it more and then make an actual decision of whether I want to watch the whole show or not. It's one of those, yeah, where I wanna, I'm just so continuously curious about it. I guess yeah. I'll keep watching. Yeah. Ta da! <clears throat> All right. I think we should do like a lightning round. Lightning round. Okay. Lightning round. Here we like go. one sentence about each of these other shows we haven't talked about. All right. Here we go. Some other fun ones that came out for all ages The Hollow on Netflix. It's like Lost, but in Spanish, translated into English. All right. My one sentence is It's like the levels of a video game, but you're watching it. Whoa. Yeah, it's like, here, we're in a room. How do you get out of the room? I wonder if this does anything. Can you click on this? Can you touch this? Hey, that got us out. Now there's a new problem. Oh, no. Like, ta-da. It's a mystery. It's a video game that you're not playing. It's a run-on sentence, but I'll allow it. All right. Okay. Go on. Next. Uh, reboot, colon, the Guardian Code, a live-action animation hybrid. 
I did not watch it. I that's my like my sentence is this is not going to go the way you think it will unless you skip to like the second to last episode and then it's like a retelling of the first episode of reboot. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Total Drama Rama on Cartoon Network. Yeah, that sounds right. Um it's like a Muppet Babies of Total Drama Island. Yeah, it's uh <laughs> a bunch of kids with adult voices causing problems that are more annoying than funny. It, I don't know. I, I, it frightened me. Um, Apple and onion on cartoon network. I didn't watch that one. Oh, okay. It's got, um, I forget his face. Um, he's got the voice. Which I really like. He's the guy with the voice. And I really like it. And I feel like they built a show around it. And I don't know if it works. (laughs) But I like the voice. All right. Uh, There we go. Uh, Have you seen Big City Greens? I did. Um, It's. Oh my gosh. I'm I'm really bad at thinking of single sentences for this. Uh, I feel like it's fun. It borders on, um, quote, country bumpkin stereotypes. I don't know if it borders. I think it goes over that border. Yeah. And then tries to make light of it going over the border. Right. I I enjoy the characters and the situations, but I didn't like how it ended up in stereotype more than it. I feel like it should have. It didn't have to go there. As an Ohioan who spent a lot of time in the country, not just the big city of Columbus, which we know and love, um, but also the country. Um, yeah, it's kind of a, a weird, like, I think I'm offended by this, but it's also, like, not a bad show. Yeah, it it feels like it's done, quote, with love, but mm-hmm. it, it, it doesn't feel like it's authentically treating these characters well. Yeah. Um, Craig of the Creek? Fun. Yeah, really I appreciate fun. Craig of the Creek existing. Um, it's like it's like a style of show. It's like Kids Next Door kind of like. Yes. This is well made. I appreciate it. I'm glad it's out there, and it's not like a kind of plot that I enjoy. It's like Gumball. I really mm-hmm. love watching like the two minute YouTube clips of Gumball in the world of Gumball. I don't want to watch the show, but I like the clips. And I'm glad it's out there. Craig of the Creek, I I thought it was just a lot of fun. I enjoyed the way the story was told. I enjoy the three characters, the trio that they have created. Mm-hmm. Um, Craig, you know, a young African American boy, and mm-hmm. his strange um, friend who's a girl um, who's just really strong and powerful more than it's anybody. D and D dungeon master come to life. Oh yeah, so good. And then they're just. Um, less smart friend, which I guess you have to have in, in a trio for a kid's show. Yeah, totally. And this doesn't feel like it's a show done for the sake of diversity for Cartoon Network. It feels like a show that's done with heart and is true to the creator's experience. Yes. I'm just guessing. I don't know for sure, but I'm taking a, a educated guess here. <laughs> There's some authenticity about it. It does yeah. feel like some this is somebody's childhood and we made a show about it. So 
Dunk stamp of approval. Stamp of approval. Uh, Summer Camp Island. Did you watch that one? I did. It feels like if Wes Anderson made a kid's show. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for describing it that way, because I was trying to find the best way to describe it. Um, It feels like if if you told Wes Anderson the story of Steven Universe and said, do you want to make a show like that? And then he tried to. And it, that even to, that's a very accurate <laughs> description of what Wes Anderson would try to do. And that is not at all the plot of the show. <laughs> it, it's really small and two young friends together. I thought it was really cute. I thought it was fun. It's but- super cute. Yeah, uh, and I, it takes the the route of, I know we're doing lightning round, but it takes the route of, hey, this is just the world, man. This is just the way things work, and it doesn't explain anything, and it's just, there are ghosts here, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Summer Camp Island, all right. That's the way we roll, <clears throat> without ever being a show that would ever probably say, this is how we roll. <laughs> I feel like they'd say like some version of that, like, and that is how we spin over in circles on the ground. Exactly. There we go. So uh, I would, I would say, even though I may not watch another episode of it, I can see how fun and original it is. So at least check out an episode. All right. Um, Do you have Amazon prime? I do. Have you seen Rocky and Bullwinkle? It's Rocky and Bullwinkle. Um, from its original time, um, brought up and um, it's taking who Rocky and Bullwinkle were and their kind of comedy, which is full of puns and a little bit of absurdity and updating it for the year 1993. So it's doing a show with things that were funny in 1993. Oh, okay. I think I understand but I don't understand. It's, I feel like animation has evolved past just doing some funny things here and there. And the plot that's just, here's just something funny for a plot. They, they have these great characters, but they don't do anything with them and they don't act like distinct characters. They're basically the same character with different silly voices. So they don't distinguish, here's how Bullwinkle acts, here's how Rocky acts. Mm. And the comedy, um, even though it's updated from its original, still feels really dated. Okay. So I withhold my stamp. Okay. I love Rocky and Bullwinkle, the old version, and I've never been impressed since. So I'm... If it it came out uh, 20 years ago... You'd love it. It'd be great because it'd be right where I was 20 years ago. Okay. There we go. There's a 20 year old stamp for approval. Thunk. <laughs> um, did you watch uh, black Panther or Marvel rising from Disney? I watched part of Marvel rising. I, I wanted it to be good. I know. I feel like every year we talk about like whatever new Marvel show there is on the Disney channel where it's like, uses the movie as a jumping off point and then has nothing to do with the rest of the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. 
despite the fact that at least in Marvel Rising, Daisy Johnson is voiced by What's-Her-Face, who's actually in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Hmm. I'm like, yes, you're putting Quake in a cartoon show. You're giving her more work. Ah, we're not having anything to do with that. Okay. It's separate. I feel like Black Panther was um, a better first start than many of the other Marvel Disney shows we've talked about. Hmm. If that helps. I think it does. Okay, cool. Then we're with that. <laughs> All right. Lightning round done for now. All right. This is going to come back later. Let's talk about the more adult-oriented stuff. And we're going to glaze over a few that we've already had previous episodes on. Disenchantment, Agretsuko, and our cartoon president. Yes. What else has happened in the world of adult animation this year? Um, I feel like... Um, okay, so we have Final Space which is on TBS. There's a network we haven't heard from in animation wise in a while. <laughs> um, yes. TBS. Um, and hot streets, which is on cartoon network and paradise PD, which is on Netflix. Yeah. So yeah. those are the shows that they're trying out for adults this year. I don't, I'm going to say this. I think it's very hard to do a show that's adult oriented and not do it badly. <laughs> because I feel like most times they hear adult and they think, okay, so we need blood sex and cursing yeah it's like many animation executives who don't actually understand animation or good storytelling just think that like what makes adult-oriented cartoons funny is that they do things that are inappropriate for kids right and, and that makes it adult and that's not what makes it funny what makes it funny is character and storytelling and hilarious plots that yes may be inappropriate for children but don't hinge on like you know what i'm gonna say it the blood sex and drugs part that's like the fart jokes of adult animation i don't want right. anymore yeah i'm done i'm really tired and i don't know if final space or paradise pd or hot streets are made by white guys in their 30s who were frat guys I don't know if they were, but I would venture to guess that they were. Um, and I'm tired of white frat boy humor. It doesn't, it's not funny to me. And I mean, if you're listening creators, I'm probably also going to guess they'll take that as a compliment. It's, it's just, <laughs> it's just not funny anymore. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Your time has passed for me. We're going to do like the midnight bell tolling of stamps. <laughs> Doom. Dong. Dong. The stamp thing became a motif of this episode. It, it did. It did. So, yeah, I feel like with, with Paradise PD, we end up with a show that has a lot of blood and 
um, a lot of sex and tries to be inappropriate just for the sake of being inappropriate and just saying inappropriate things. And they figure just because we say something inappropriate, that makes it funny. Um, and the plot wasn't even interesting. Um, they, the characters weren't really distinct and it relied a lot on stereotype and a lot of characters acting out of type, but that's the joke. Ha ha ha. Um, I mean, anytime that somebody gets shot in the groin area and that's the joke starts to be a little bit like, Oh, okay. This is, this is the high point. I see. This is as good as we're going to get here. The pinnacle of adult animation achievement. Exactly. Great. We, we have nowhere else to go. We've reached it. <laughs> we turned it up to 11 and now we just got to keep turning it back down. And I feel like with hot streets, it's a little bit less of that, but more of just, absurdity it's it's more absurd but then it it's still just let's be bloody and say inappropriate things yeah just an adult swim thing right yes it is man adult swim it's like uh imagine a pool if you will for adult swim i know Mm -hmm. it's a fitting metaphor and then it's it's as if it's a time for all the adults to go in the pool and swim around. But it's after, like, the one jerk was in there and, like, defecated in the pool. And you never know what you're going to get. Do you want to go in the water? I don't know. Mm. Here's the one thing that I <laughs> want to say about adult animation. Here's our, like, fifth one thing we're going to say. I know. Consider what it would be like... If adult-oriented animation was written by actual adults. Ooh. Not the head of the Yale comedic newspaper in his first year out of college? Yeah. Grow up. (laughs) And this is a guy who has like a, like Pop Funko toys on his shelf downstairs you know, one of them, including Peter Pan. And I'm saying, grow up. (laughs) (laughs) So I understand the irony, but grow up, please, please. So with that, I do want to transition into our uh, segment where we talk about this year's themes and animation. (laughs) Um, Because I think one of the things that's really interesting and happening right now is that everyone is trying to cash in on adult-oriented animation. There's all kinds of in-house studios being formed, like Netflix, obviously, Mm -hmm. um, and a couple other places, I can't remember off the top of my head, doing these adult cartoons. And it's like everyone saw the success of Rick and Morty and the critical acclaim of BoJack, and they all want to duplicate that, but without understanding the heart of either one. Maybe half the heart of Rick and Morty, but without the whole heart (laughs) of Rick and Morty. (laughs) True. I mean... When I saw Rick and Morty, and you can listen to our old episode on Rick and Morty, and our six episodes about BoJack? Three, probably. Are you keeping track? <laughs> no, I'm not. But <laughs> I think there are about three of them. But I, Rick and Morty and BoJack, in, in their own unique ways, deal with very specific characters. 
and that's what it what's happening it's very specific characters who want very specific things and how those characters interact with each other and form relationships that propel the stories forward and even if they are in rick and morty's case weird absurd bloody violent and you know overly sexual when you break all that stuff out you could still do that story without that like it would still hold up without the grossness of it mm-hmm. if you it's doubt- a style that they add on to that story mm-hmm. but the core is the story exactly and i think bojack shows that you don't have to go out of your way adult wise to make something smart and true to adults. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't think there I've really ever seen anything excessive on Bojack in terms of gore or I mean they'll like make fun of it. They will. The gun control episode is like making fun of gore essentially. Right. So uh. Go back to your characters and try to figure, you know, have characters. Put characters in your shows. Yes. What? <laughs> Grow up, learn what characters are, and put them in your shows. That's, How dare you? Advice. Writers get animated. A podcast with two people haven't worked in animation telling us how to do storytelling. <laughs> yeah. We'll make your adult-oriented cartoon show. Hire us. We don't even have an idea yet. Just let us know. Anyway, um, what what are the other trends that we saw this year? Yeah, setting that soapbox aside, um, I think what's really interesting in the uh, like all ages category is there's like one major theme happening and like a sub theme happening. There's a lot of shows going all in on this huge world and world building with like really original, interesting fantasy elements and are all creator driven. It's like the indie Mm. comics of the 90s happening right now in cartoons, which is so cool and interesting. And then Cartoon Network is doing the opposite, which is not necessarily a bad thing of realistic kids shows about children with strong imaginations. Yeah. So it's really, I don't know what's driving the other, and it's a really interesting thing to me that they're both happening diametrically opposed. So I don't know, that's something that I noticed. I don't know if you have any feelings about this, Chris. No, I, I just feel like the ones that have figured out not just their characters, but this new world, are they're just so interesting because they figured out they figured out their dramaturgy beforehand. Mm-hmm. They know what the whole world feels like and how their characters fit into it. And they've made a lot of decisions already. And it feels like they've made a decision on, on style and form and every part of it. And so their dramaturgy is just that much better. And they're not afraid to just, here's this, here are the rules, and we're not going to explain the rules. We're just going to, Show it. Here you go. Here's the show. This is the show. Love it. And it makes sense because it has its own logic within it. I'm on board. I'm on board that train. Foreshadowing. Speaking of being on trains, 
and being on board. Um, <laughs> um, how do we want to say this? Uh, another theme is that everything is on their own tracks. Right? On their own tracks. Tell, tell me more. So we're getting a lot of streaming shows. Yes. Yeah. And soon they're about to break apart and end up on even more streaming services separately. Yeah. You'll notice how few of our new shows this year were on Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon. They were Netflix. Yeah. One, two, Netflix, three, Disney. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Thirteen shows, just a quick count, from Netflix alone. And while Disney doesn't have a paid streaming service yet, they've already got like this app streaming thing figured out. Whereas Cartoon Network, oh man. The app is so frustrating. <laughs> I don't it, understand it. I just want to, and I can't. The thing that I find interesting about their app, the Cartoon Network app, it's choose which shows you like. We're just going to randomly show you one. Here's an autoplay of something that you don't are you don't watch and aren't interested in. Go ahead. Enjoy it. Now try to get out of it. Yeah, I'll, I'll wait. Just try and stop it. <laughs> Nickelodeon. Here's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in Spanish. Right. Click. <laughs> Can't watch anything as a season. Here's two episodes. Yes, you're logged in with your cable provider. Here's the two episodes you can watch. Uh, yeah. So uh, I think this is the next upset is happening in animation. Of course, the upsets being in history. <laughs> Cartoons were before a movie in theaters. Uh, and then they came to TV and that was a thing. And then they were on Saturday mornings, and that was an upset. And then Nickelodeon came along, and there was a channel devoted to it. And then Cartoon Network came along and said, we can do this better with better content. And now, everyone is vying to be the next upset of the next major thing in animation and have a streaming service for it. And who knows if that'll be Netflix or Amazon, probably not Amazon, or <laughs> Disney... <laughs> Um, or one of many other things that are trying and vying to be a streaming service platform for animated shows. Are we in a content bubble of animation? Probably. Are most of them really good right now? Yeah, they are. <laughs> and I hope whenever this bubble bursts, the industry can look back and think about what made cartoons really good right now, despite how many there are, and move forward with that. And because we are in this huge bubble, um, that's not even everything that's coming out this year. It's there true. are still some things that haven't even come out yet um, that are still on the way. That we're even looking forward to. In fact, by the time this airs, we'll be days away from She-Ra, the reboot on Netflix. <clears throat> um, we have Paranorman coming out also on Netflix, I believe. I think so. I'm so excited. I don't know when it's coming. If it hasn't come out already this year, I, I, it might not happen in 2018, but I'm ready for it. We have the Harvey Birdman revival. Uh, thank you for saying Birdman. 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 Harvey Birdman. Uh, <laughs> he is a lawyer, right? Yeah. Well, it I think Bird he's he's attorney general in the reboot. That's true. <laughs> um, 
We also have Watership Down on Netflix coming out. Um, close enough. Yeah. So um, JG Quintel, who did regular show on Cartoon Network as a all ages show, is doing this adult oriented same visual style show for TBS about young adults. Exciting. Yeah, I feel like this will be at least interesting, if not good, even. We have um, Young Justice, season three. Which will resolve, like, one of the very first episodes of writers get animated questions about <laughs> cliffhangers. <laughs> wow, that's gonna that's a major throwback. <laughs> Took four seasons of writers get animated to answer. We've been questions. on the air so long that we've come around for a, re- <laughs> a show being revived from the dead. <laughs> um. Also, other notes that are out there. Um, Fast and Furious is becoming an animated show. I'm um, so excited and confused for this. That's all uh, I'm going to say for now. <laughs> Butterbeans Cafe, which I'm not sure what that is. But that's coming out. Um, Let's Go Luna on PBS. And also Thomas and Friends is getting a reboot on Nickelodeon, kicking out two trains from Tidmouth Sheds and bringing in a couple of other trains from the mainland and other countries. Thomas gets to leave the island of Sodor and explore the real world. You already know way more about the show than I do. Um, yeah, it's it was a sad day when Jack told us that he never wanted to watch Thomas again. <gasps> Jack is out of the Thomas phase? He said, he said, quote, I don't like trains with faces. <laughs> well, then good news for him, because next year's Infinity Train from Cartoon Network. <laughs> what else is coming next year? So Infinity Train. Oh, man. Uh, there's a lot happening next year, which I'm sure we'll talk about in our next year episode of this. But Infinity Train, which was like a it's like a 10 minute short you can find on YouTube right now um, as like a pilot it features um, Atticus, the talking Corgi slash King of Corginia. Uh, exactly. It's that face. <laughs> this is going to be so good. And I can't wait. Um, the final season, finally, for real of Star Wars, the Clone Wars. All the questions will be answered. We'll have to do like three episodes about that, about those six episodes. Will we, will we do an episode for each episode? <laughs> we could. We could just become a Star Wars, the Clone Wars podcast. For like a month. <laughs> uh, Victor and Valentino's coming to Cartoon Network. I don't know a lot about this, but it looks interesting. I don't recall any of the details. There's like a, I think some kind of like Mexico theme to it, though. Hmm. That was what was interesting to me. Um, and then. Bojack Horseman has been on for so long and so successful now that new shows in its style from many of the people behind Bojack Horseman are coming out on various services. Mm-hmm. Undone on Amazon and uh, Tuka and Birdie on Netflix. And I think Tuka and Birdie is the closest one to Bojack's style. Like down yeah. to it may as well be a spinoff. Uh, there might be a crossover. I feel like Netflix just went to them and said like, Bojack, we love this, but let's make it girls. Okay. But like girls, the show, not just girls. (laughs) (laughs) 
Understood. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, as we as we're wrapping up, um, and taking this down, um, and we look at everything that we've gone through in this episode, I guess we want to talk about what will you keep watching. Ah, uh, a lot this year. There's a lot this year that I'm going to keep watching. I think the majority of my TV queue now is like new shows from this year. <laughs> um, Star Wars Resistance, um, The Dragon Same. Prince. Same. Um, Disenchantment. Yes. Which they just announced has been renewed for like four additional seasons. <laughs> They've announced the release date of like 2021 for season four or something. So we know that that'll keep happening. Like you do. They've already had a feature like the Simpsons Halloween Treehouse of Horror opening. So it's part of the, the graining verse now. Um, Agretsuko, which the more I think about in retrospect, the more I like. <laughs> um, Hilda. Yes, my family will keep watching Hilda. Everyone should keep watching Hilda. Um, and we didn't really talk about it. Three below the next show in the Avengers ing of troll hunters is coming out later this year. I haven't seen it. I know I'm going to keep watching it. <laughs> How about yourself? Um, star Wars resistance, disenchantment, dragon prince, Hilda, um, Muppet babies, because Jack watches Muppet babies. I'll keep watching pink alicious because Jack will keep watching pink alicious. Um, I'll probably, you know, Stay up late one night with my wife and watch another cupcake and dino. Um, <laughs> I love you have to like stay up late with <laughs> her to watch cupcake I, and dino. I, I feel like it's not I, that I won't enjoy it as much if I just watch it by myself. I can say I can say that with pretty much absolute certainty that I would not enjoy it just watching it by myself. Part of the fun is laughing at my wife laughing. Um, and I'll probably watch one or two more Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as Nickelodeon lets them be on their app. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I add that to my list, too. Okay. Do you have an actual favorite thing from anything you watched? I feel like, for me, my actual favorite thing, thinking about it, is just the the overall design of Hilda. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know it's slightly a cheat to say the graphic design of a show is everything, but from everything from the characters looking like they're drawn with a pencil to the way that they do sunsets, um, especially in the, the first episode where you just see the different skies happening. It's just so well designed. Yeah. It's just so pretty and calm and peaceful and, I just wish so, I had a bigger screen. Just meditate, put on Hilda as your meditation guidance. Exactly. But on how mute. How about for you? Uh, for me, uh, I have a lot of design favorite things, but I think my actual favorite moment is from Trolls of all things. <laughs> I think the episode I watched, they sang the first song and then it ends. And then the one main female character turns to the male character. It's like, you're right. I was lying. And he just goes like, but you just sang a whole song assailing my character. And it's just like this perfect turnaround of like, 
okay, it's trolls, we're singing a song, the moral of the episode will be that he was right all along, and it just flips it on its head in the first couple of minutes, like, he's right! <laughs> <laughs> I appreciated it. Fun. All right. Whew, that's a lot of TV. Oh, my gosh. I've, that That is a lot of TV. So get out and watch it, friends. Build up your Netflix queues. <laughs> Pad them now. Uh, shall we talk homework time? Yes. For next time, we're going to transition out of TV and talk movies. Uh, your homework is to watch The Grinch. The new Grinch. And nothing but the Grinch. Just that. And also, like, by the time the next episode airs, Wreck-It Ralph 2 will come out. You should watch that also, but that won't be for next time. Right. For next time, watch The Grinch starring Benedict Cumbergrinch. 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 I like it. I support it. Thank you. (laughs) As always, thank you to our engineer, Nigel Catino, and to Jacob Reed for our theme music. Let us know what shows you were watching from 2018 on Twitter at WG Animated and on Facebook.com slash WG Animated. You can see show notes there, links to all previous episodes that we were discussing, shows that came out this year. Um, Start the conversation, like our page there. And if you have a chance, put a review on iTunes. It helps people find us. Um, So subscribe if you enjoyed what you heard on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And share. Just text us to your friends. I'm okay with it. I gave you my permission. <laughs> um, so happy binging. Um, I'm sorry for ruining your next three weekends and enjoy all the wonderful TV that's out there. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>